Welcome to the Lawless Living Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Orbach. In this podcast, we're going to be talking all about interior design, business, wellness, and sustainability. I founded Lawless Design, a sustainable interior design studio, and over the years, I've used my passion for wellness with my creativity of design and found that there's a huge correlation between them. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. This podcast is sponsored by Rise Superfoods. If you know anything about me, you know that I am obsessed with matcha, have it every day. And so I've lately been having their matcha and their mushroom coffee blend. And so instead of just having typical coffee and matcha, this uses a blend of six different mushrooms that they have. And personally, I'm a huge fan of the flavor of matcha that they have. It's ceremonial grade. It's really high quality. And what I like about their blends is that it doesn't give you a huge crash. It has a lot less caffeine and I feel like it just sustains your energy a lot better. So if you want 15% off your order, you can use the code Hannah 15 at checkout. And yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. So you guys are really going to love it. Hello and welcome back to Lawless Living. Uh, really excited about this episode because last episode I told you guys that I am such a business nerd. And so today we are going to talk about how I start my interior design business. And, you know, just heads up, I'm a little tired today. It was a fun-filled weekend. A lot more social than I normally am. Uh, Friday, I went to the Dermot Kennedy uh, concert in Boston, which was absolutely incredible. I saw him, I think, back in 2019, and he was amazing. I feel like his voice is just one of those ones that's so powerful and sounds somehow even better live than on an album, which is crazy because I feel like his voice is just absolutely insane and amazing. So that was super fun. And then this weekend, um, my best friends got married, which was really exciting. So got to go to that wedding up in Vermont. Had a blast. Um, so Mike and I went up there for a couple of days. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. So come back Monday morning to record this and we needed a lot of matcha today. Let's just say that to get, um, to get through everything today. So, um, it's around six today. So I'm going to get through this podcast and then we have uh, steak tacos in the making, uh, for dinner. So got to get through that after, um, this podcast. So kind of starting off, I feel like if you didn't listen to the first episode, I would definitely go back and listen to that. Kind of gave a good run through of myself and my process, how I like kind of why I got into the industry and kind of just talked a little bit about myself and um, all the details in that and how I really kind of got started. And I figured we could kind of get more granular and I could talk about how I started my business, kind of like how I started getting clients and really started to get into the nitty gritty of like what I really did to get that first client. So starting off kind of just like backing up and backtracking a little bit was when I started doing e-design. So I had mentioned that when I moved to Philly, I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone. And I basically just want to pay my student loans off as quick as possible. So I started doing e-design and I feel like this was the basis for me kind of understanding residential a little bit more and understanding how to work with clients one-on-one because before I was working for a commercial firm, it was kind of like already set in place, like how you work with clients in the design process. I wasn't necessarily the ones like the one that was like making the steps for it. I was kind of just following them and I was being the design leader, but I wasn't leading the project. And so when you're working for yourself, you're, you know, you're encompassing all of that. And so 
I started working for a company that did uh, e-design and basically it was super simple, um, very basic designs. You basically give them like a 3D model, you give them um, like a little board, um, like an e-board of like design board of the different furniture, lighting, bedding, like any of those kind of things together. And then you give them a shopping list of like, here's the things. Cause you're not buying it for the clients when you do e-design or at least for this company I wasn't. And so I did that and it was a good basis for understanding kind of more residential. I also had no idea about like residential sourcing. I feel like commercial and residential interior design are actually quite different. Um, the commercial interior design that I was doing was more focused on interior architecture. So I didn't actually have a lot of furniture sourcing because I didn't need that much furniture. I mean, how much furniture do you need in a restaurant or hotel? It's kind of a lot of times it's, you know, one thing that's just multiplied a bunch of times. Um, and you don't have that many items. You don't have that many specs. It's more specs for the fabric, the finishes, the tile, like any of those things. So I started to learn a little bit more about like the basis of interior design and like the sources that I would be looking at. And I think also with that kind of comes time to, I, I mean, for Lawless Design, we have a spreadsheet of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of vendors that we use depending on client style, budget, timeline, and number of different things. Um, and so, you know, every month we're adding to that with different vendors that we work with um, that will be good for a certain project. And so kind of starting out also, I think, you know, to that point when you're first starting out, you're really not getting these high-end clients. Like I wasn't getting clients with the budgets that we have now six, seven years ago. That doesn't, you have to work your way up. And I think a lot of times now what can happen is people, you know, feel like they want to be at where someone's at that has been in the industry for a long time. And I am the number one person that will raise my hand to this because I do this all the time. I can definitely compare myself to people who have been in the industry for 20, 30 years and be like, wow, that's such a cool project. I would love to work on something like that. Like, wow, what a great, um, you know, opportunity that they have. And then I look at it and I'm like, I have had my business for six years. If I, and Mike told me this, he was like, if you believe that you, you know, if you think that you're going to be at where someone else is, you know, 20 years from now, where do you think that you're going to be when you're at their time? And that kind of made me think like, you're right. Like, but still, you know, for me, it's on the, like, I'm just a very competitive person by nature. And so I think I just compare pretty easily, um, which is not good. Um, and I recognize that it's definitely something I've worked on this year. Um, for me, I actually, do not look at other people's social medias for the most part in my industry. There's very few people I look at um, because of that reason. I started to definitely see I was comparing myself to people um, that were around the same time as me, age, or just like been in the industry that long. And for me, I feel like what I actually do with social media, we're taking kind of a little, we're kind of, you know, going a little side tangent here, but I think this is important to say is I actually don't really look at too much design on social media, but I actually look at a lot of architects and builders um, and specifically people that kind of like put out things that are a little bit more like educational or where I can learn because I feel like that's what I want to gather from social media. I want to learn when I'm on there. I don't want to just like look at stuff that I can... I think there's like a specific time that I want to look at stuff to be inspired, but I don't want to be seeing stuff all day long. You know, I want to at least have some kind of 
notion that like of originality and not just recycled things all the time over and over and I feel like when I look at specifically I feel like I've been looking at a lot of more like builder stuff um in the last year because I'm I get really intrigued about how something is made because I feel like that makes me such a better designer when I know how something's going to be built because then I can kind of detail it or know, oh, you know, we're going to have to do this here because this millwork comes into here. We're going to have to do this. And I feel like that has really challenged me to kind of look at things in a new light than just kind of the overall design, but starting to get more specific as to like how something is built and how that kind of all comes together. And I feel like that, you know, has made me a much better designer in that aspect. So that's kind of what I do with social media. And I feel like that's kind of helped me to learn a lot and then also not compare myself, which is something that's really important. Maybe something we'll touch on later on. Um, but kind of going back, you know, I, like I said, like when I first started, I had very, very small projects, just furniture decor, wasn't any construction or renovation. And quite honestly, I feel like that's the way to go is starting out really small because you need to get set in a basis. And I also think that there's a point where, you take on projects that you haven't done before. You haven't done something and it's, you know, you might feel a little uncomfortable with it, but you learn from that and you grow. But I also think you can't go, you know, zero to a hundred right away. I think that you have to have stepping stones because you need those stepping stones to learn. If, you know, six, seven years ago, I had projects that I have now, I would not be good at them and I wouldn't be giving, I wouldn't be delivering the quality that we have now. I wouldn't be giving the value that we have because we have a lot of standards. We have a lot of processes in place now that we work on and it just wouldn't be the same that I could deliver now. And back then when I was doing more furniture and decor, it was kind of just dipping my toes in and kind of understanding again, how to work with clients, how to converse with them, how to even design a room residentially. Um, so I think that's kind of important to think about. When I started shifting over into stopping that e-design and then starting to work on my business, before I even took on clients, I mean, like I said, I started, I formed the Lawless Design in 2016. I didn't start taking on clients till the summer of 2017. So it was almost a year that I formed the company. Basically, I think I in my head, I just kind of wanted to solidify the name um, in the company. But then I needed time to build up a portfolio, build up, you know, actually even getting clientele. And at the time I was still doing the e-design for the other company. So it was more of me just like setting kind of like a foot, like this is something that I'm doing and I'm, you know, I'm doing it now. Like it, it was concrete that I had formed the business. Um, and I feel like I'm the type of person that when I say that I'm going to do something, I'm hundred percent in, you know, I was even just, Mike and I were having a conversation earlier and I was just saying, you know, I don't just have to do something. I go full in and like full throttle. Like as soon as I make a decision that I'm going to do something, I just dive right in. Um, and so the way that I went about it is because of the work that I did commercially, I didn't have any design stuff because all that's proprietary to the company that I was working for. I couldn't put that in a portfolio saying that this was my work because I worked for that company. So it was their work. And so what I ended up doing was I first started a blog. And so I just started blogging about like random things. Like I, one of my top pins actually like posts on blogs and maybe it's circulated through Pinterest is actually like, it's one called how I made my hundred square foot apartment work. 
and it was basically like when I lived in Boston, I only had a hundred square feet of room. Actually, this armoire behind me was the first piece of furniture that Mike made me because when I walked into my room, I was moving in with two friends. I had actually, I'd been in the apartment once, but I'd never actually seen the bedroom that I was moving in. And for some reason, I just like didn't check to think, like I didn't ask any details on the apartment. I was like, yeah, I'm moving in with friends. Like, yeah, like I'm moving to Boston, super excited. Well, didn't have laundry, which I thought we had laundry. Also, I didn't have a closet, which I didn't realize. Um, yeah, I didn't ask those questions. So when I moved in like that day, it was Labor Day weekend. I was like, wait, crap, I don't have a closet. What do I do? My part, my bedroom was very small. Um, so I ended up having Mike make me this armoire, I designed it, and then he built it. Um, so it was the first piece that he made for me, which was really cool. And now it houses a bunch of samples and, um, is storage in my office right now. So kind of going back to, um, the blog, that's what I had started and kind of just started making a blog. And I, on the blog, I had made a website. Um, I had learned just like very basic coding. Mike does a lot of software with engineering. Um, and so he had given me his educational thing or whatever there was some like easy like learning thing online that I had learned how to like quickly code um just random stuff but I had also done it on Wix so that I didn't have to do WordPress or like know exactly how to code everything because I just you know I feel like there's so many website platforms now that help you with that and so for me I didn't want to take all of my time learning how to code and make this website because I feel like visually I'm very specific about how I want branding to look I'm very specific about colors and fonts and palettes and how things all come together that I didn't feel like my time was valued at learning exactly how to code everything like a pro nor did I have the money to hire someone so what I did is I used Wix initially to create a website that kind of just encompassed the overall branding of what Lawless Design was at that time. I had also, um, I always do my graphics actually, that's something that's never changed and I'm not sure if it will ever change because I love doing graphics, I love doing the branding of Lawless Design because I feel like that's so important and I feel like it's, I feel like something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and so every few years I'll kind of go through and do a rebranding of our colors, um, our font, um, logo, business cards. I kind of go through and kind of just update it slightly, um, which I actually just did a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago at this point. So I built a website and on that website, what I started doing was I put the blog on there and then I also started making 3d models of kind of just like random homes that I just loved. Um, I remember specifically, I've always loved ombre. And so I made this home, had this like really cool, like ombre wallpaper in the dining room, had this like kitchen with some kind of like mezzanine and beams going across. And I basically just designed my dream house. And I did that and I rendered it. It did not look photorealistic. Let's get clear here. Everyone knew that it was not an actual home. And I, and basically I'd put that on my, my website. And I think I had like a couple of, like I made like a couple of like mood boards and stuff like that, kind of just to show, hey, I don't have anything to show yet, but here's my style and here's what I personally like. And that's what I started doing. 
and I put that on the website, ended up finding, like, then people built the website, built, like, um, started doing the blog. I started getting really into Pinterest. Um, I made an Instagram. It actually took me a little while to make an Instagram because I was terrified of someone at my, like, my company that I was working for full time to find it. Um, I'm not sure if I told anyone, I might've told a couple of my friends who had worked there that I'd, I think I did. I, cause one of my friends, he had also had a side business too. So I, so I think I told him, um, but I was like very careful. I was, I don't know why I was so scared for someone to find out, which is kind of funny looking back. Um, but it took me several months to start at Instagram and I feel like my Instagram was really random too, because I had nothing really to show. So I feel like it was kind of like a lifestyle. It wasn't necessarily interior design, which going back, I probably would have changed that a bit, but I, Mike and I traveled a ton at the time because we were dating and we were doing long distance. So I had like so many different travel photos and like, honestly, it probably looked like a lifestyle blog more than an interior design, um, Instagram. And so I first got my client, I got one client, um, he found me online or whatever and reached out. I said this in the first episode, basically he and his wife had interviewed me. They had moved to Boston. They were renting, um, on the common and it was just furniture and core is very small. And they ended up going with me because I had less experience and they wanted to give me an opportunity, which I think is really cool. And I think it speaks a lot to the industry because I think a lot of times people think that you have to, you know, be the top person to get a project or, you know, do like have all of these achievements and do all of these things. And I, yes, I think that totally gets you uh, bigger projects and clients that have a lot of budgets. But I also think there's a time where people are willing to give people a chance if they like you and they respect you. And I think that that is a huge thing that I've taken away is especially when I'm looking for clients is I want to work with people I want to work with. A lot of times this is a process that's two, three, sometimes four years to work on a project with clients. And I want to work with people that I have fun with people that respect me. And I think that's the same thing. People want to work with someone who's fun, you can have a good time, but also you can be serious and they know what they're doing. And so for me, I think a lot of it, when I kind of like look back at like reviews and just like clients comments that they've made to me over the past, I think a lot of it has to do with my demeanor. To be honest, I think a lot of times getting clients isn't just about your skill. I think that's a huge portion of it, but I also think personality wise, do you click with clients? And for me, I have a very loud, <laughs> sarcastic personality. If you know me, um, I like to crack jokes quite a bit. Um, but I'm also very detail oriented and serious when it comes down to like actual business. Um, so I kind of have like two very different sides to me. And I think when I'm interviewing clients, I, you know, when clients are interviewing me and I'm interviewing them, I'm just myself at first, when I was first starting out, I was kind of scared of interviews. I would get a little nervous and that goes away after a while. I don't get nervous at all for consultations or meetings because I go in there with just the sense of they're either going to like me, or, you know, and that's cool and, or they might not. And that's also cool. You know, I'm not the designer for everyone. And it's taken me also time to realize that I'm not the designer for everyone, nor do I want to be. 
I want to be a specific designer for specific clients and for specific people. So I think that not necessarily niching down right away, I don't think that's the right move. I actually think that because I wouldn't have known how to niche down in the beginning. I think that taking on whatever projects that you can and whatever clients that you can who are willing to pay your fee, you know, I think sometimes, you know, a good strategy could be maybe to do a project or two at a lower rate, or maybe you have a friend that you could barter services with, you know, so that you could get something on a portfolio or you could get review. But that there comes a time where you do have to charge for things. And I think that's really important because I think it's valuable to the industry. If you're not charging for your time or you're charging for different things, then you're kind of watering down the industry and your value yourself. And so there comes a point where you have, yes, you have to start small and you kind of have to figure out your worth here in the industry, but then you also have to start charging for that too. So it's kind of this like weird in between where I feel like you're kind of in the beginning figuring out where you are. And for me, I was taking on any project that a client would hire me at my fee. And it wasn't necessarily all my style at all. I remember one of my first projects, it was like a shabby chic apartment that she wanted blue and pink, which like, I am not a pink girl. If you know me, I mean, like I am definitely not. Um, and so that was something that I was like, okay, you know, and I ended up liking the place. Like I, I don't think I would ever design something. I've never designed something that I didn't like. Um, it just wasn't my personal style and I wouldn't have chosen that at all. Um, and so I think it's important to then start defining that after you get some clients and you get some interaction, you start building a portfolio. I think it's important then, you know, you kind of slowly start to form your, your own design identity. You know, I think as interior designers, we can feel like, I mean, even me, like I love so many different design styles, design elements. I love Art Deco. I think Brutalist is super cool. I love like a clean modern space, but I also love like a tra traditional place or a British, you know, home. And there's so many different styles that I personally love. But I think that how I've kind of narrowed down my personal design style is I have a very specific color palette that we work with. Neutrals, earth tones, everything's very like cozy and layered. Um, we have a lot of texture and materials in it, but there's a lot of just neutrals and earth tones, like I mentioned, and everything feels lived in. And that's the lawless design style and brand, whether that is someone looking for a little bit more modern space, we can do that in our own way. And what I really like doing too is mixing design styles. That's a huge thing that I do because I don't like places to feel flat. I don't like them to feel one note. Um, I really like places to feel like they've evolved over time. And if someone likes mid-century modern, we're not going to do every single piece in the room mid-century modern. Maybe there's like a cool mid-century modern console table or a cool Danish chair or something like that to kind of bring that style in. But I think it's important to blend different elements into a room so it doesn't feel flat or one note. And it also, like I mentioned, it evolves with time because you don't, I, I personally don't want a room to feel like, oh, that was designed definitely in 2023. I want our, the homes that we design to last a long time and be timeless. And, you know, maybe you switch out a couple of things here or there, but 
you know, overall you have these pieces that are just feel like they've been curated over the years and over time. And that to me is the lawless design brand, but I didn't have that back then. I didn't have the style that we do now because now we're clients specifically come to us for the style that we do. And that's where I think, you know, in the beginning you kind of start and you do projects that you can, that you have the opportunity for. And then you start to kind of build a basis like, okay, on these projects, we've kind of done this. Maybe you have like specific palette, like I had mentioned that you do, or maybe there is a specific design. Maybe you like doing just all cottage core places or all Scandinavian places. And that's great. But I think that's for you to figure out what your identity is, because that's going to set you apart. I think between your design style and your personality, those are the two biggest things why people are going to hire you for. And I think, you know, kind of narrowing down after some time is really important with your design style. So for me, also another big thing is wellness and sustainability. That's another huge reason why people come to us. And that's something for me personally, that's really, really important. I had my well IP even before I started Lawless Design, or maybe I, maybe I got it that same year I started Lawless Design, but it was the same year that I started working with clients. I wasn't able to advocate for the things that we put into homes now that I was back then. And again, I know I'm kind of reiterating the same things back again, but you know, I think it's important to realize that you need to start somewhere and start building a foundation and then you can grow over time. Um, you know, and you can get there and definitely don't be discouraged because it takes a little bit of time and I hate being that person. Um, but it does, it does a little bit, um, kind of going back. I feel like some other like random things that I personally didn't know that I learned, uh, how to do even like, I feel like when you say you start an interior design business, it's like, where do I even start? Basically you have to go on your state website. Everyone's different. Massachusetts, there's like a five or $600 fee each year that you pay for the business. Um, I started out as an LLC, um, but now um, Lawless Design is an S-Corp. Um, and so I think it's really important also to have a really good CPA. I had a couple, I think I had two, um, who did my taxes for the first couple of years of my business. And I had two different ones because each year I didn't like I just didn't like the person who was doing it. Not necessarily the person, but just the way that they were doing taxes. Um, it wasn't right for me. Um, and so I was also doing all of my bookkeeping. I had, uh, I think initially I did fresh books, um, because it, I think I had honestly heard it on a Tim Ferriss podcast and I was like, well, it's good enough for Tim Ferriss. It's good enough for me. Um, and then I soon then moved over to QuickBooks and we still use QuickBooks. Um, I initially started, and I think this is also, you know, one thing when you start your business, you're doing everything. You don't have the money, or at least I didn't have the money to hire a bunch of people to do all that stuff. So like I said, I was the one doing the website and all the branding and everything. Um, and I was also doing all of my bookkeeping, invoicing, everything, accounting, um, and then I was having someone, you know, at the end of the year, help me with my taxes. Now I have a CPA who I've worked with for the last four or five years. He's absolutely incredible. If you need a CPA recommendation, I love him. He's my favorite person in the world because, um, he is just amazing and he is very quick to respond, communicative, um, which I think is the number one most important thing as a 
service industry, how you communicate to people and how you can communicate to clients. I think that's so, so important and not stressed enough in today's age. Um, so yeah, definitely communicative. Um, and so now they do also bookkeeping. So every month they're going through, um, doing all the bookkeeping. I didn't have that initially. And so basically it was like every month or quarter I was going through stressing that I like messed something up in my fresh books or QuickBooks or whatever it was that I was doing. Mike was helping me. It was a hot mess. And, you know, after I realized I'm like, it would be more beneficial of my time to hire my CPA's bookkeeper to do that stuff so that I have the time to then design and work on my business and grow the business more. So over time, and I, this is something again that we'll get into in more detail in other episodes, but I, you know, it's like hiring people is really scary at first, but then when you do it, you're like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? And that was definitely something with bookkeeping. Um, and then another software that I started using too early on, and I actually still use it is HoneyBook. Um, and that's project management software that I use. It helps set up with, um, different clients and, um, it has all of, like the projects. Um, you can do your invoicing in there for clients and everyone's like forms and any documents that you send will live in there. Um, so I really like that because I feel like it's just like really streamlined and simple. And that's something that I still use. So hopefully this helped, um, being able to kind of get into initially starting your business, kind of getting confident with working with it. Honestly, it just takes time, you know, just going out to a couple of consultations and going and meeting with people, even if it's maybe it's not the best project, but it's also just getting the rhythm. I feel like a lot of times, you know, being able to talk to people and talk about your process, talk about your services is really important. And so being able to do that, I feel like builds up your confidence so that you are, you know how to do it and you're able to get better at it and practice. Um, so yeah, these are my tips on how to start your interior design business. If you want me to kind of dive into more detail and kind of go through, you know, that kind of initial year of where I started and then kind of like now where I am, what, five or six years later, we can definitely get into that. So let me know. This podcast is just starting out, so I would love if you could rate and review this on whatever platform you use podcasts on, and also check out our Instagram. All of our social media is lawless underscore design, and our website is lawless design if you want to contact us and work together on an interior design project.